Hello, and welcome to PW Kids Cast, the children's book podcast from Publishers Weekly. In each episode, we speak with authors and illustrators creating books for children and teens. I'm Emma Cantor, Associate Children's Book Editor at Publishers Weekly. Today, I'm speaking with author Megan McDonald about her new book, Judy Moody and the Right Royal Tea Party. The book is due out September 11 from Candlewick Press, which is sponsoring this podcast. McDonald is the author of the beloved Judy Moody chapter book series and spin-off books, which have been translated into 28 languages. In the 14th book in the series, Judy Moody and the Right Royal Tea Party, boisterous third grader Judy discovers that she may be related to the Queen of England when she researches her family tree for a school assignment. But the Moody lineage turns out to be more complicated than she imagined. Thank you for speaking with me, Megan. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here with you. With 14 books in this series, Judy Moody has been on a wide range of adventures. Yes. <laughs> How did the idea for the latest book come to mind? I always am thinking about Judy in a way that is a little bit outside of just having a birthday or going to camp or, you know, so I try to think of uh, things that would stretch me a little bit for one of her adventures, but I also want them to be very in keeping with her character. So I had the idea that, um, well, for a long time, I've wanted to do something about the royals or the queens of England. And I thought it would be fun because Judy often adopts another language in a way like the language of college speak or something like that so i thought it would be fun to um do something british and she had a in one of the books earlier in the series she meets a british friend who lives in london so i thought it would be kind of fun to bring tori back in and i was just mulling all of this over and um I was talking with the president of Candlewick, Karen Lotz, and she was saying that, you know, our company is owned by Walker Books in England. So she was saying how much they would love some kind of theme. You know, we were thinking if Judy went to London or something like that. Anyway, I was mulling this over about the Queens, and I had all these funny books about the Queens and things that had gone on, you know, and in history and all of a sudden I thought oh if Judy made a family tree in her third grade class maybe she could start to begin to think that she has royal blood and I love when Judy sort of gets carried away with an idea and her imagination and she gets sort of puffed up about it and then of course something always goes wrong before it goes right with Judy Moody so so that was the original idea to just have her create a family tree and discover that maybe she has royal blood and that she might be related to the Queen of England going way, way back. And the book is peppered with fun facts about the royal family and British slang as Judy researches her family. I'm curious, what kinds of research did you do into UK culture? Well, again, it's it's always a little bit outside the box. So, for example, like um, focusing on things like 
what's in the queen's purse. Now that was actually pretty hard to research to find out what does the queen actually carry in her purse. But um, they play a game where they try to guess what's in the queen's purse. So the kind of research I do for Judy Moody isn't just straight historical research, but I also wanted to go back into sort of the history of the queens, right? So I first started by typing in the la the last name Moody is a real last name, obviously. So I typed in the surname Moody to try to research a little bit about if you had the name Moody, what kind of uh, ancestry might you have? And I learned all sorts of things that I put in the book that sound like they're made up, but they really aren't. Like, for example, one of the guys on the Titanic who rescued some people was in the Moody lineage, had the name Moody. So I started to find that Judy would have had this other interesting ancestry, possibly. And she thinks she's related to a pirate and to this guy on the Titanic. And then all of a sudden comes the discovery about the royals. So then I was talking to my niece who uh, made one of these family trees when she was in elementary school. And she was telling me how they were making a family tree and in the class and her friend, like one of her best friends in the classroom, as they dug deeper and deeper, she and her friend realized that when they both went back way back in their families, that they had a relation or a connection so then I started to go down a path of thinking it would be really fun if, as Judy is digging into this royal lineage, something else happens where somebody else is going to pop up and figure into this. It's not going to, Judy's going to find out that not only does she maybe have royal heritage, but somebody else in her world also does too. And that could create some problems for her. Yes, there's a fun twist at the end. Did you get to venture across the pond for the project? Maybe visit Candlewick in the UK? I didn't for this book, but I have been on tour over in the UK a few times. So um, I've been to the Walker Book offices there many times and traveled all over the UK. So um, at least I had a, a good sense of... Um, when I was writing about it and a lot of the plot hinges on things that happen like in a castle or um, at the Tower of London. So it really helped to be able to have some visual imagery of some of the things I was writing about for Judy. And will you be touring closer to home this fall? Yes, this fall I have, I think it's maybe like a 20 city tour. So I'll be going, um, I'll start all over the West Coast, and then in October, I'm going to be in the Midwest, and um, in November, I'll do some appearances on the East Coast. The first Judy Moody book debuted back in 2000 and has gained quite a following. What is it, do you think, about your heroine that continues to appeal to so many readers? Oh, that, that's... A wonderful question because it's something that I think about a lot and um, you know when you create a character like this it's actually pretty unconscious at the beginning I'm just trying to create I mean Judy is par partially based on me 
and being a moody person and having messy hair. And when I was her age, I loved to collect things. So it's kind of a conglomerate of um, imagination and things that I remember from third grade or things that have happened in my family. So it kind of starts there. And then I think because Judy because I kind of was interested in this idea of moods for Judy and not just bad moods, but joyful moods, or sometimes she's very disappointed or she's very energetic. I think kids really connect with this idea of a range of moods and somewhere right around third grade, which is Judy's age. I noticed that when I would go speak to kids, they started to ask me around this age about moods like they would say can you write a book when you're in a bad mood or are you ever in a bad mood and I don't know if develop maybe developmentally that's when kids start to become aware or somebody tells them oh you're in a mood but they become aware of moods and so I thought well that would be really fun to create a character where I could explore all of these different moods and I think for some reason, you know, we've all been in a bad mood. We've all had failures and disappointments. And I think it makes Judy seem real to kids. Um, I have kids who write to me and, you know, want to be her best friend and want to have her in their class. And they just really connect with the character because she is not perfect. She's very flawed and many times she gets carried away or she gets um, out of hand in class and maybe talks too much or gets too enthusiastic and has to go to the back of the room and go to Antarctica and sit at the desk with the penguin to chill out. So um, anyway, that was a long way of saying, I think there's something about this character that kids connect their own lives with and think of her as very real to them. Speaking of that realism and relatability, how much of your own childhood experience do you pull from in writing the books? Well, originally, I would say quite a lot. The first book in particular, um, let's see, that probably had the most stories from my own life and my own childhood. I have four older sisters. Growing up with all these sisters, uh, we had a lot of sibling dynamics and a lot of funny antics. So that original book was actually, I didn't even know it was going to be a novel at first. So I just sat down originally to write some of the funny episodes that I remembered from growing up with sisters. And originally Judy was going to be a younger sister and have an older sister. But then as I started to write, I realized I don't want this to be exactly like my life. I want it to be fiction and I want to be able to play with it and use imagination. So I made her the older sister and gave her a little brother, which made it very different from growing up with all sisters. And that's how Stink kind of came about so that she had this pesky little brother that she could play pranks on and um, try to get away from with her friends and things like that. So I would anyway, I would say the original book, most of the things, some of the iconic classic Judy Moody stories like the 
fake hand in the toilet prank and the toad pee club, those are all things that actually happened among my sisters and me that I put in that first book. But it started out just as a whole chain of little stories. And it was my editor at Candlewick, Mary Lee Donovan, who had the brilliant idea to take all of these stories and find a connecting thread and make it into a short novel. And did you have any quiet time to read in such a big family growing up? I did. Uh, you know, back then, um, television wasn't as big of a thing. I mean, we had an old black and white TV, but really reading was our fun and our pleasure. And I grew up in a whole family of readers. My dad had to drop out. He only had an eighth grade education. He was an iron worker and built bridges. And in eighth grade, his father died and he had to take care of the family financially. So he had to go to work when he was 13 or 14. And he really missed out on a formal education. But as a result, he read really widely to try to make up for that. So our house was always stuffed with books. And he had almost a photographic memory. He would read these books and talk about it at the dinner table. And then you'd go later to read the book and you didn't even need to read it because he had told you so much about the book. So I grew up in this house full of books and we didn't have a public library, but, you know, a branch near us, but we had a bookmobile that came to the local shopping center. And so in the summer, we would all pile on the bookmobile. My sisters and I would get armloads of books. And one summer we decided we were going to try to read all the children's books on the bookmobile. So that was our goal. Well, we didn't realize, I didn't even realize till I grew up and became a children's librarian that, um, of course, the truck goes back to the library at night and puts more books on the truck. So we were never going to accomplish reading all the books on the bookmobile, but that was our aim. That's a good project to have. Yes. <laughs> what were some of your favorite books when you were Judy's age? I would say, I mean, I read a lot of um, the the kinds of books that we had at home, like the Nancy Drew series and Little House on the Prairie. And um, fair, we had huge collections of fairy tales, things like that. But probably my favorite book was Harriet the Spy when I was that age. I just loved uh, that character and... Um, her little, you know, how she would take the notebook and spy on her classmates and her neighbors. And I went through a whole Harriet the Spy phase myself where I had my little spiral notebook and I would try to uh, go around and spy on people in the neighborhood. And I had this idea when I was about Judy's age that it would be really fun to spy on somebody famous. But I didn't know anyone famous. The only famous person in our neighborhood was Bruno Sammartino. I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and he was like a studio wrestler that used to be on TV all the time. So I had this brilliant idea that I would become Harriet the Spy and I would go spy on Bruno Sammartino. Wow. And did you find anything out about him? Well, unfortunately, I was I was about to... Um, I took my little notebook and I was about to go 
look into his window and discover the world of Bruno San Martino, the famous wrestler that we saw on TV. And um, I got bitten by his dog. So I I ran home without ever getting to spy on him. (laughs) In addition to the Judy Moody series, you've written a number of picture books. What initially drew you to the chapter book format? Well, you know, with my background as a children's librarian, I was always doing storytelling and story time with younger kids. So I started out having an interest in creating stories for that age group. And um, really, I, I had written a couple novels before Judy Moody that were longer middle grade, but um, I really didn't kind of find my home, I think, until when I start, when my editor, Mary Lee Donovan, had the idea to take these shorter stories and try to put them into a novel, because I had all of these individual episodes, the novel became very episodic, like each short chapter was like telling an individual story. And that kind of um, writing, I just felt really drawn to there's probably less description and more dialogue. And I really like to write dialogue and um, make the dialogue funny with Judy and Stink and her friends. So somehow um, when she made that suggestion of a short novel, it was like something opened up for me and I just sort of found my home. I think third grade was a really notable time for me as a kid that I remember a lot from that age. And um, I just find third graders so hilarious. (laughs) I just love them. So that was kind of fun. Um, So again, a lot of this with Judy Moody was very unplanned at the beginning. We were just kind of finding our way. But I think I really found my voice in that sort of third grade novel. And I got so carried away when I wrote the first book, I put everything, all these stories into that first novel. And when they put it into pages, um, maybe, you know, months later or a year later, I got a call from my editor and she said, that book, the book is about 300 some pages long. We're going to have to cut the book almost in half. Because we didn't, we wanted the book to be really friendly for kids in third grade. If you're, if you're really just starting out with chapter books, we wanted it to be challenging enough, but, and have a lot of pictures, but we didn't want it to be really intimidating. So 350 pages, you know, would have probably um, just been too intimidating. So that very first book, I had to go back and cut a lot of, um, I cut out a whole thread of the story that had to do with saving the world, and I ended up saving that material and using it in another Judy Moody book. The book also features illustrations by Peter H. Reynolds. Can you talk a bit about the artwork and how much collaboration takes place between you two? Sure. Well, of course, you know, the collaboration is all through our editors, so... Um, we don't really get to, we live on opposite ends of the country. We, we don't really get to sit down in a room and talk to each other about, uh, the illustrations, but 
that very first book, there was a lot of back and forth, of course, because we didn't know yet what Judy looked like, and we were trying to discover that. So it was really fun for me. I got to see a lot of Peter's sketches at the very beginning when he was trying to find his way, who is Judy Moody. And the very first one that I saw, it was a great sketch, but she looked maybe like she was only about four or five years old, the way she was dressed and everything. So I went to a local third grade class near my house and I took pictures of third graders and we sent them to Peter to show him, you know, how tall they really are and all of that. So he played around some more and, um, did more sketches and with each sketch he would sort of try out a different mood and you could kind of see over time each one got a little closer and a little closer to what that first cover became but we were really trying to capture the right mood for Judy Moody on that first book so we didn't want you know a sad and disappointed mood and we didn't he did one sketch where she looked kind of scary almost so then he got this wonderful, he did a drawing of Judy where she just looks so impish and she sort of has that signature curl sticking up and has a little tilt of her eyebrow and that became the picture that was used on the very first Judy Moody book where you see all of Judy Moody and the first cover said Judy Moody was in a mood not a good mood, a bad mood, right on the cover. So that was a lot of fun for me to have the first line of the book on the cover. Can you tell us what's next for Judy and her brother Stink? Yes, next up for Judy um, is one that I'm having a lot of fun with. She's going crazy for books. So Judy and Stink and some of their friends are on a team and they um, participate in one of these book quizzes where you face off with your book knowledge against another team. So they are just reading like mad all the time and they're trying to um, quiz each other and remember all these things about the books that they love. And then they're going to... Um, they, somewhere as they're preparing for the book quiz, they find out that the opposing team has a fourth grader on the team and she's very well read. They think she's even read a Harry Potter book. So now they're very nervous. How are they going to go up against this mighty fourth grader? We'll have to stay tuned. Yes. <laughs> well, congratulations on the new book and thank you for speaking with me. Oh, thank you so much for taking the time and having me. Once again, I've been speaking with Megan McDonald, whose new book, Judy Moody and the Right Royal Tea Party, is out in September from Candlewick Press. Thank you for listening to PW Kids Cast.